0: In this video, I'm going to cover some of the essential features you'll be using if you are your company's on-time administrator. I'll cover topics like user security, as well as managing the customer portal. First, let's talk about working with on-time users. You can manage any of your users by going to Tools, Manage, People, Users click to add a new user, then enter a name and email address, select one or more security role, and set them to active or inactive. All users would need to be set to active in order to log in. If a user is no longer with the company or team or would no longer need access to on time, you can switch them to inactive and this will free up a license and remove them from any user pick lists. If you delete a user, it will remove any information regarded to as the assigned to, reported by, or created by fields. However, switching them to inactive would retain all of this information. There's a place to unlock their account if they enter in a wrong password too many times, and to copy settings from any other users. This will copy over their view settings, like color coding and filtering, but will have no effect on any security settings. On the next tab, you can set a username and password. And if you host your OnTime database on your network, you can use Windows integrated authentication to log in users rather than using a username and password. And the last tab, you can allow this user to access OnTime using the remote server. The remote server is a feature which would allow users to use the OnTime Windows desktop client or Visual Studio client to connect to your OnTime Now hosted database or to your installed database when outside of your local network. Adding users is fairly easy and straightforward, but can be made even easier by using new user defaults. Add your email domain and your email naming convention, and if you would like to set all new users, to copy from an existing user settings. This has to do with the selected view and filters and colors, but not their security role. Then select what type of authentication and naming conventions for their username. Now when I add a new user, it will automatically generate the email address and username. Now let's turn to configuring security roles. Here are a list of sample security roles, which you can of course modify or add to. Here's a sample developer role, which I'll edit. And on the left, you can see which projects this user will have access to. And on the right, you can select what privileges they would have. On the right, it is broken down into three categories, application privileges, reporting privileges, and global privileges. Application privileges allow the user to manage projects, access attachments in the project wiki, and archive items. We would recommend archiving items as opposed to deleting items as deleting will just remove it from the database, and there is no method to undelete an item. Archiving the item will just remove it from any searches or views, but the data would still be stored in the database, as well as any attachments and emails saved along with the item. Standard add, edit, and delete wiki pages, as well as commenting on wiki pages. Then for each of the item types, the options are identical. So I'll just show the options for defects. There's view, add, edit, and delete for defects, for attachments, work logs, emails, and the option to view audit trails, source control management, and delete other users' comments. There are two options that allow for editing of items. The first is the edit privilege. This allows users to edit an item regardless of workflow step and always give them the same field template set under the project. Then there's the privilege to change an item's workflow step. This will allow them to edit an item, provided they have the privilege to move the item to another workflow step, and will always give them the field template designated specifically for the current workflow step. I'll talk about this more in the next episode, but for now, I'll just mention that the edit privilege always allows the user to edit the item and always gives them the same options, so it's a more powerful privilege. The change items workflow step allows them to edit the item only if they can move it from its current workflow step. And there's the option to allow users to manage notifications for projects, for individual items, wiki pages, as well as manage alerts. For reporting privileges, you can select which reports are available for any users to run. And finally, some global privileges. Here you can enable any of the options under the tools menu under Manage, like setting workflow or custom fields or field templates. And there's the option to modify and create custom reports, as well as the ability to create public canned responses, filters, and views. Users will always be able to save their own canned responses, views, filters, and report shortcuts, but they would need this privilege in order to share those with others. There are some more general features like import and export using the planning board and the customer's tree. And lastly, the ability to manage releases and users. I would recommend that you either have two users that have this privilege or at least two administrators. So if you have a user that forgets his or her password or if they're locked out or having any other issue, they would be able to log in and update their information if the one admin is not available. In addition to all these options which lay out privileges, there's also the Advanced tab, which allows you to set up field-level security. This allows you to restrict which fields a user would be able to edit. If you use field-level security, then even if you have a field editable on your field templates, if the field is disabled under field-level security, this user would not be able to edit the selected field. Once you create your security roles, you can add the role to a user in the Manage User screen, and you can have multiple roles per user. All security roles are additive and use the least restrictive principle. So if a user has developer and project manager roles, they would be able to do anything either role was able to do. You can also blend roles to restrict project access. For example, I'll make a copy of my developer role, keep all of the privileges the same, but just allow access to the corporate website project. Then I'll create another just for my intranet site. Then for this user, just select which projects they would need to have access to. Using a naming convention like this, where the project or role is first, will allow you to easily organize and assign any users to projects. So far, we've been looking at users, but now we'll take a look at managing customers and on time. At the top, you can select or search for any customers or companies that you support. And of course, add or edit any companies in your database. Here, you can add a company name and other information and then set the security settings for this company. All of these security settings will determine what privileges contacts have when logging in through your customer portal. All items in OnTime have a field called publicly viewable, which would allow you to make them available to others in the portal. If you would like to have certain items publicly viewable, you can either set them to default to be publicly viewable when adding items, when moving items to certain workflow steps, or you can edit any items and set the publicly viewable field to true. On the left you can select the item types and then you can select which projects the customer contacts will have access to view public items, if there is a filter applied so they can only see certain public items, and in which projects they can add or edit items. So these are the settings on the company level. Then for the individual customer contact, you can enter any information like name and email address, Then under security, you can select if the customer can log in, set a password, or change their status. They would need to have this box checked and be set to approved in order to log in through your portal. Now for each of the items on the left, you can select what privileges this contact would have through the portal. Customers can also view items in the portal if they are associated with that customer contact. Either they created it in the portal, or they created an item by sending in an email, or if they're set as the customer contact name field for the item. Just like with new users, you can set the default values for these security options for any new contacts they would like to add manually, or if the customer registers to create an account through the portal. This setting, as well as many others for the portal, can be found under Tools, Manage, Customer Portal Settings. Under the menu option for new customer defaults, You will notice that this menu includes all of the settings we just saw for the company and the customer contacts in the same list. Up to now, we've been talking about the security privileges for each customer once they log into the portal. However, there's also an option where customers can view, add, or edit items without even logging in. This is called anonymous access because you can give them some privileges, but they don't need to log in so you wouldn't know who they necessarily are. This would allow you to accept a lot of information from customers, but since it's set up anonymously, it may be difficult to follow up with the customer as they are not set as the customer contact. The settings here are the same as with new customer defaults, but there are no privileges for viewing my items since customers are not logging in. This menu for customer portal settings is also where you can control some of the look and feel of the customer portal. I'll start at the top under General Settings, and a lot of these are plainly stated, but I'd like to go over some of the more common configuration options. You can change the title bar for the customer portal and the URL that would be used for any notifications to link customers to items in your portal. This should just be the link to your portal, so for on-time now hosted accounts, this should already be configured. Or if you're an installed customer, Just place the link to your on-time customer portal. The next few options are regarding if you would want to allow new customers to register through the portal, and then if they can log in right after registering or if they would need to be approved first. You can also send out notifications whenever a customer registers through the portal. You can also set up an RSS feed for new public items, but in order to show items in the feed, they would need to be set to publicly viewable and View Public Items must also be selected from Anonymous Access. You can set which fields are shown on the grid and which fields are available for customers to search through. If you add a field in the grid, like a date field or a picklist field, then it will also add a quick filter at the top of the grid, allowing this customer to filter using this field. There are a few other changes you can make to the on-time customer portal under Appearance Settings. You can set any messages that a customer may see if they click that they forgot their password or in a prompt when they are registering, add any text to the footer, or if you would want to swap out these header images with any of your own company logos. And lastly, there's an option if you would like to configure the text that's sent along with emails when a customer registers through the portal or if they forgot their password, as well as setting the email address it's sent from. So in this video, we took an in-depth look at some of the common administrative tasks like creating users and customers and configuring security for each. For users, we set up new user defaults and then configured and assigned security roles. For the customers and customer contacts, we set what project they would have access to on the company level. And then for individual contacts, set what they would be able to do when logging into the portal. Then under customer portal settings, we set some of the new customer defaults, anonymous access, what customers see before logging in, and made some changes to the portal, like swapping images and any text, what fields are in the grid, and the fields your customers can search across to find items. Thanks for watching.